Hello and welcome to season three, episode eight of the dive. We have a very special guest, <laughs> the it's Vault me. Boy himself. Oh. It's like you were oh, gonna no, introduce no, me. I'm the your thunder freak. <laughs> no. <And> you're like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> Golden Glue. Welcome to the dive, buddy. That was hilarious. How's it going, Golden Glue? Well, thank you for joining us on this early morning. This might be the earliest dive that we've done. If you I take if you take the you know the time change into account, yes. yes. Yeah. Sure. Otherwise, I think it's the exact same call time as last week with an arrow. <laughs> I know because I had to make the call time. Golden Glue <laughs> said this is the time he normally wakes up, but usually he's pounding pre-workout. He's getting yeah. woken up for the gym. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't have any today, and I was kind of regretting it. I could be really hulking out right now, but instead I'm just normal me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well, let's get it going. Uh, Rank reset is coming in. People have been asking for it nonstop. Uh, So what they're doing is they're going to reset everyone who's above masters is your OP masters. And if you were in diamond, you go down one division and uh, they're also removing positional cues. So the Mad Lads, they did it. Whoa. I, I honestly, I cannot believe it. Reset rank. I want to I wanna quickly rank. correct you, even though I know you're not trying to be misleading. They're not getting rid of positional queue. They're getting rid of positional ranked. Like, you can still queue as yes. mid and bot. Just, I just think everyone in, knew that for you. Just in case. Okay. Like, people, Reddit is not always the brightest. It's good to Ooh. be clear. Yeah. Um, and and uh, actually, point of clarification, I think is really interesting, um, and I'll probably still be a film man because of it, is they're still going to match make you, as far as I can understand, based on what you're queuing as. Like, if you're a worse top laner than mid laner and you get put as top, the game will understand that and give you an easier game. But there is only one LP. There is only one rank for you. So so you can still get, like, mm-hmm. the, 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 the pros and cons of, of actually playing an off roll. I see. That's that's pretty cool. As soon as you started talking about that, I started thinking about can I game the system by getting easier games, queuing as something else, and then asking to trade people to jungle? No. Or they still have that identifier. They're still going to have the identifier. Ah! Where you're going to be like, oh, okay, you got an easy game, but you're actually a diamond one jungler, so minus 30 plus 10. Okay. Uh, I see. I see. I, I honestly, I was so surprised. Like, when everyone, the whole community was basically begging for reset ranked, reset ranked, and I thought everyone was just like, everyone was just really mad and frustrated. Everyone at high elo. Yeah, and I was like, I don't actually know if reset like resetting rank would be a good idea. Uh, like, in my head, it was like a hard reset. It was like a hard reset, right? Okay, That's what yeah. I thought of when I, when when I was thinking of rank reset. I thought everyone was just really angry, and they thought that would solve everything. But I was really hoping they wouldn't hard reset it because, like, that would just be terrible if everyone went back to plat one and it's zero p. It's just going to be like a fiesta. You don't know who you're going to get your games. Um, I'm really surprised that. The community just screaming, ranked reset, ranked reset. <laughs> well, it actually worked. Now we're <laughs> resetting rank. <laughs> yeah, like you're saying, it's mostly the high ELO players and yeah. the streamers and stuff. And so then everyone who watches them also likes yeah, yeah. the, the crap. Mm-hmm. Like they actually know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the thing is, it only really affects like 3% of players total or something yep. like that, right? Because only like 3% of players are in Diamond Master. We are part of the 3% though. Hell yeah. That's are nice. you guys? Everyone here? Yeah, I mean, I'm down not one. freak. I'm down he to two. He actually has it. Uh, oh, flex you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Diamond but, at heart. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't I play mean, much last season. So I, I'm in plat. I don't know. I don't know. The thing, the thing for me, like, I, I, it doesn't affect me. Like to go down one division in diamond, I don't think really matters much. Uh, do you actually? You know, you were saying you're like 700 LP or whatever. Does that annoy you though that you're now back to zero LP? Because that's actually like a huge loss. Whereas if you're in diamond, you lose 100 LP basically, right? Yeah. Whereas if you're high in challenger, you could lose six, seven hundred, eight hundred, or I don't even know what rank one is now, probably 1K or something, right? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely frustrating. We had a competition going on internally at Con 9. Like, whoever gets rank <laughs> one, like 1K LP first is going to get like a prize. We, we, we even had like a, like a reward. 
And so we're all grinding super hard. Everyone at Cloud9 was grinding super hard. I think that's cool. Nitsky got like seven or 800 LP. Uh, Svenskaren, it was like almost a thousand. He was really high up there. But once they changed the ranking, the MMR system to where I, I basically at first it was inflated where you get like plus 30 every game, minus yeah. six. And then they did the reverse. So it's like minus 30, like yeah. plus six. So it was super frustrating playing in that uh, ecosystem too. And once they said they're going to reset ranked, we're all like, well, time to get on Smurfs. Like, why are we going to play on our main? We're already going to lose 600, 700, 800 LP. I'm not going to play any more on it. I do um, think it's super interesting, though, that you guys have that, <clears throat> like, internal race or smart. internal bets. Because yep. I kind of do that with a lot of my friends just for any games to be competitive and make the game more fun, right? Mm -hmm. Racing with each other. That, mm -hmm. that aspect always adds something to it. Have you... Um, seen the mo versus tyler one bet. oh yeah i have <laughs> by the I way have. they're doing an unranked to challenger who do you think is gonna win so like going into it i thought for sure tyler one was gonna win like, for sure uh-huh yeah yeah I, I was i was like tyler one already played a bunch of different champions besides draven like he climbed on quinn mm -hmm. like last season he like quinn was super strong and then like i haven't really seen mo play anything <laughs> but yasuo <laughs> i seen him play some silas uh, I, mean, I haven't seen him play so <laughs> not in my game yeah, not in your what about you Frankie thinks he one's gonna win too no, I mean your, so so saying he butt? climbed on Quinn is like fraudulent like that champion it's like saying oh you climbed his on hit Nico it's like congratulations you played the best champion in the game um, no, I mean, Quinn ADC Still a 56 start winner. He champion. plays Kaiza he's, though too. I've yeah. seen him play Kaiza. He's played Quinn like forever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean Quinn. I think Quinn's been over tune almost forever. But either way, like, <laughs> uh, no. no, I mean like regardless, like my my read is that Yasuo was a was a higher rated player. Like I don't I don't really track high levels Wolki very much outside uh -huh. of LCS players. So like I don't have yeah. a lot of info. But I just assumed it was going to be Yasuo who's going to climb huh. faster. So that was just my vote. Yeah, it's nothing to do with like the personalities at all. Like it's easy to play another Tyler One meme, so I will. But uh, I mean, it's whatever. I definitely thought it was Tyler One as well for the same reason though, because I thought it was yeah. He's Yasuo is really good at Yasuo, but Tyler One wasn't even really playing Draven that much anymore. I didn't think like he was playing other other champions. So I was like, oh, okay. But I, the other day I saw I haven't watched that much. But the other day I saw he went from D two to D four. Yeah, one no way. Yep, and yep. Uh, he double demoted. <laughs> and I was wow. like, oh no. And he has like a sub 50% win rate ever since he started playing against Diamond players. So, really? That sounds about right. Yeah. So just, <laughs> so he's, he's he's struggling. So but I mean the thing is, he's such a tilter that it's like it's it's like you can you're watching the mental decay of Tyler One. Because <laughs> when his mental's strong, he's he's looking pretty good. He's a grinder too. So yeah. he, oh my god, he is. Exactly. He'll play for like 20 hours straight. You're like, what are you doing? <laughs> just just stop, reset. He's like the I one player that. that like he'll stream for like eight or twelve hours and then he'll keep playing after yeah. his stream's over. I like check his stream, see if yeah. he's streaming, and I'm like, why are you still playing, man? Like you could be making bank right now. Like, <laughs> why aren't you streaming this? And it's, and it's not like people aren't watching the games either, because he turns off his stream, but he's still in games with like sneaky and stuff, and sneaky's yeah, the yeah. next highest yeah. uh like viewed streamer. And yeah. so I'm just watching Tyler One play anyway. Losing sneaky, yeah. It was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. uh, something else that I kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on was the recent uh, Reddit attack on Aframu and kind of the, the broader topic of when, um, you know, social media is used by some fans, uh, you know, in, in our league and our, around our league uh, to really kind of latch on to one sort of player or one topic and just really go to town. Uh, it seems like <laughs> this one has gotten excessive where every morning mm -hmm. I've woken up, opened up Reddit, and there's a new 
Look what Afromu did today, Trey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I tweeted about it a little bit. I was talking, it was in response to I think an I will dominate tweet or whatever, and mm-hmm. and there's saw some people on Reddit even talking about you know me tweeting and some other people tweeting about it, and and I felt like so. In general, I think criticism of play is totally acceptable, right? You know, just as criticism of cast is totally acceptable. If if a team is playing really bad, and I think 100 Thieves has looked like trash compared to where their expectations were, and I think that's fine to, to criticize that. What bugs me is how extreme it gets and how hyperbolic it starts to get. The like, I'm not bothered by comments of, of people saying, "Oh, Aframu should have engaged on this player, that player, yeah. done whatever." It's more when people are like, "Oh, well, he's never actually been good. His MVP last year was fraudulent. He didn't deserve it. He's been bad for years. You know, like he doesn't care. He's just here for a paycheck. Like that sort of stuff." Where it's like, you don't actually know what the player is thinking. You can't read into their mindset. You can't. You can't say how much they care or don't care, or or really tell what the problems are. So to me, criticize the play, criticize the team. But what's on the screen, but the person and and the mindset is something that I think is is kind of uh, like a, a little bit of a off yeah. offside for me. Mm-hmm. And I get the same sort of stuff like um, with casting as well. I, I feel like I'm Reddit's least favorite caster. Um, and yeah, like I, I think of like when when I did World Finals for 2017, and my name came up more than anyone else's name in that Reddit thread about like, hey, here's the people casting. And it was all like, freak sucks. He's only here because he's been at Riot for so long and it's all nepotism or whatever. Uh, and just like, they'll, like you can criticize my casting. That's fine. Like whatever. And I'll take notes from that. But Reddit loves to be like, freak was never good. He doesn't understand that he's bad anymore. And somehow no one else understands he's bad either. I don't know why he's casting. And it's just like, cool. That's useful. That's really interesting for me to hear, actually. Like you guys have like the same, you guys receive like the same kind of criticism that we do, right? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I never actually really thought about casters getting like criticized by the community like us. Because I guess we're both just doing performances on stage. Yep. Um, yeah, I think the stuff that people have been talking about after me was pretty excessive, and the the plays that the, they picked out and pulled up. I mean, they were pretty. They didn't they didn't look too hot, right? They didn't look too great. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of hard to defend the play that was seen yeah um but at the same time i think once the community kind of like has their eyes set on somebody it's so easy actually to find like mistakes like that from any player right Mm -hmm. a lot of mistakes a lot of people don't actually pick up from players and they only see the highlight moments Mm -hmm. so it's people have really skewed views of like this player is insane and then this player is really really bad and doesn't care and whatever yeah um i've definitely been under the community's eye before many times and it's you know it's something that's pretty crappy as a player um obviously but i agree it's necessary right like if you're if you're not playing well you should be criticized like you the fans should want your team like if they're a fan of that team they should have expectations for that team and for the players of that team uh, but I think whenever it comes to like he's just looking for a paycheck or whenever it gets personal, it's just it's a I don't know, it's just not necessary, you know. Yeah, kind of like you're saying, we are public performers, and so that is going to come with public mm-hmm. performances. You know, p- that's part of people discussing anything yep. like art or movies yep. or uh, you know, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs mm-hmm. to a certain degree. Uh, it can definitely get to everybody though, and. Uh, you know, a lot of people have experienced that. I think I think the one positive side of it and is that 
if if people weren't saying anything, you know what I mean? It's like they don't care. Right? Yeah, I was just and about so, to say that actually. It's yeah. like that it's very subtle, but it's like at least people care, you <laughs> yeah. know? Like yeah. <laughs> people people care. People are, are big fans of Hundred Thieves, yeah. big fans of of that team and and Aframu even I yeah. think you know and, and his his fans are pissed because they're expecting, you know, these big results and everything and and it's not happening, so they kind of like get mad and and that's understandable. I think that's sports. Yeah. Um yeah. but you know that that's not me condoning like how far some people go and and this is also to be clear i think most of the stuff on reddit and whatever is totally fine most of the stuff is actually just criticizing of play and and there's far more people that i think are reasonable on there than not yeah. um but sometimes it can be very kind of like vitriolic and just kind of like angry you know there's one thing i want to say on this whole like topic is that i feel like Aframu, but even hundred thieves in general has been receiving so much flack this season mm-hmm. right like everyone's just saying like oh Maybe it's because of expectations that came yeah, in with the season. Yeah, I think that's it, right? But I, I feel like I res- I've heard like 10 times more about 100 Thieves losing than Clutch losing, and they're tied, right? Yeah. I, I just think, I always say that's really funny where people are like, 100 Thieves is, you know, whatever, X, Y, and Z, and then no one's really saying much about Clutch, and then yep. they're tied. They're, just, they're, yeah. on the, they're on the same level. They are tied. I think a lot of it has to do with the expectations. Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of it does have to do with how ridiculous some of the plays have looked. Yeah. So the one uh, one example I'll give is uh, the one where they start up Baron. Um, I don't even remember who they were playing. Oh, it was Golden it was, Guardians. It was Golden Guardians. Uh, yep. Golden Guardians had like four or five elemental dragons, so they mm-hmm. go the elemental to the. Oh yeah, dragon. yeah, yeah. No, I think I know those. Start Baron, get off. Yeah, the Baron, yeah, and then yeah. they just sit in mid lane and they all like recall yeah. or something. And then they didn't even contest any of their inhibs. It's one of those. Did moments. you hear Frogan's comms after that? It was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I was playing in the day. Exactly, and and for speaking like for the fans, like if I see that play in. Even like over freak shoulder watching his solo queue game, I'm yeah. like, whoa, what are <laughs> these fools doing? Yep. So I can totally imagine a you know a fan of a team with super high expectations because yeah. they made all these changes in the offseason, they brought on these big names, and then they've been doing really badly. And then you see that on stage and you're just like, Gah! And they were in worlds last year and then yeah. they got bang. Right, this yeah. team is supposed to be good, so I, yeah. I don't think it's weird. You know, people naturally are going to talk more about the teams that ha- there are high expectations of if they do poorly. Just like in in football, right? If the Patriots are terrible, that's much more of a story than if the Browns are terrible, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this is it's they're they're in on two different levels, and yeah. and this is a team that in their first split went to finals, in their second split went to worlds, and and then everyone was saying they're massively better. And yeah. now they're in last, right? And I think that is what is so shocking, and that is what makes it so much more newsworthy than Clutch, where I think a lot of people weren't expecting a ton. You know, like, expectation, the difference between expectation and result, I think, is by far the biggest for 100 Thieves compared to any other team in the league, right? A lot of people probably put Clutch 8th, ninth, 10th, that sort of area, and they're, you know, tied for 10th. Yeah. 100 Thieves... Uh, were as ranked as high as first by some people. You know, I think we had them aggregate third or maybe fourth on the dive, and then mm-hmm. it's like now they're tenth, right? That's a big, big discrepancy. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. like if if Cloud Nine or TSM was sitting in last, it would be a huge story. Like TSM last year, right? You know, yeah. not making playoffs, making finals for the first time or ever, not making brothers, Seals yeah. not making playoffs for the first time ever. Yeah. yeah, and to that point as well, it's like um, like the last year or so of Lyra was like, wow, what happened to Lyra? This guy was an MVP caliber jungler. Like back on the Envy days, and you had Huni, who like since basically Rift Rivals last year, like this was one of the top three top laners, and now he's like feeding in late and dying all the time. Like, what's happening? This is not my expectation. And like, mm-hmm. eventually, expectation just resets. Like, okay, this is just their skill level now. Like, no one's expecting Piglet to be a top three eighty carry anymore, so no one cares that Clutch isn't doing very well. 
Yeah. Um, and hey, Vulcan's a rookie, essentially. So it's like, okay, well, we don't expect a whole lot of these guys. That's fine. But if it was like Piglet fresh off SKT and Hooney fresh off Fnatic and Lyra fresh off the NV season, you'd be like, why isn't this team in first place? It's like, well, it's three years later. Yeah. yeah it's going to be super interesting to see how the organization handles it. Because like you're saying, they are a super new one and they've had these really high highs and now they're having low lows. Mm -hmm. um, and I do like that they had confidence in their academy mid laner. To put yeah, him in, our intent, you know, uh, something <laughs> that some teams at the top of the table could take a note from. I, I have mean, no idea what you're going to say, too. We, we did have a mid lane focused day uh, on Sunday for the Team Liquid uh, Cloud9 big hype game. Mm -hmm. And as you know, Team Liquid did take that. But I'm very interested to hear your thoughts around, you know, that specific game these two teams these two mid laners because you have a unique insight here i do have some pretty good insight <laughs> i'd say considering i've played under jensen for a year and like uh -huh. you know learned a lot studied from him and now i'm playing with niski um i was really happy with how the mid lane was going how like uh, in our game versus clvc9 we played niski played syndra versus jensen's oriana and jensen's kind of known for his oriana too we kind of uh we thought he would pick that into Syndra. Uh, I think we first picked Syndra or one, two. You definitely it. picked it before Ori. Yeah, yeah, we 100% we hundred percent picked Ori first, or Syndra first. Um, and I, Niski was doing really well in lane. There was that one really weird moment where, like, our boy, our boy Dennis tried to, like, tower dive into <laughs> level two. <laughs> right. um, it was a good one. So I, I think that yeah, impacted the, the key flash. Yeah, I, I don't You're think it would have killed him anyway. That was my small bro. He wanted to kill Jensen. He had too much free workout. He was like, yeah. ah, going in. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I think that was so for like the one v one matchup right there. J Jensen's always okay. So Jensen's always known as like a really really strong laner, and like what his weaknesses were last split is he wasn't super great at utilizing his lead. Right, so that's mm -hmm. why when Blaber came in. Blabber was super good at utilizing <laughs> Jensen's, like, if Jensen had, like, a little bit of ladies, like, with me. yeah, yeah. We're exactly. I was like, help me, help me, help me, I'm fighting, I'm fighting, like, I'm, they're on me, they're on me, right? <laughs> and Dennis likes to play a lot more, like, slow and calculated game, um, and Blabber's the opposite, you know, like, Blabber, <laughs> he sees someone's, I'm going. Sometimes he doesn't even say anything, like, literally, in our academy match last week, there was, there was like, we got bot turret, right? We're like pressuring them off bot turret, pressuring a dive. Mm -hmm. And we got the turn, we're backing off. And then he just, Rek'Sai tunnels in, right? And I'm like, guys, Blabber's going in. We gotta go, we gotta, we gotta go, we gotta help this guy out. And he just flashed in like solo kills on 1v3. And we're like, good job, Blabber. Like, <laughs> like this is one of those friend comedy movies where everyone's like walking away from the store and they're like, wait, where's Blabber? Oh, he's over there. Oh, let's go get him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, like, now that Jensen's playing with Xmithy, I think he plays a little bit of a different style. I think he's, I think he's probably, like, it's probably a wake-up call for him. And he's, like, trying a lot harder to work on his, like, weaknesses that he had. Because I think on Cloud9, when you're, when you're with a team for so long, it's kind of easy to get, like, complacent with your play style. Because you, when you've also been doing so well, right? Um, but in, in that game specifically... Nissi was really dominating lane. He was up. He used to like 20 CS or something. Up like 20 CS, two turret plates, you know, a lot of gold. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of pressure. Um, and now it was kind of ironic because Nissi kind of did the same thing where he wasn't super great with his utilizing his advantage out of lane. There was a re really weird fight at Rift Herald. That, that was like kind of the first thing that he was involved with in the game that Jensen and, and Nissi were involved with. 
and they like got pushed off. They rift tailed, burned mm-hmm. flash. They lost the rift, and we didn't really know how to play versus them as well as a team. They they were very they were very, I guess, what's the right word? They kind of like would step up to us and we'd just be scared, right? Like they they would they would step up and they'd throw the ore ball at our face and no one would want to walk past it. No, we were too, I think we're, just in general as a team, we we're too, too afraid to respect. make mistakes. That yeah. was like, Sven Skaren, I think, had an interview and there was a quote from it that was basically, against Team Liquid, we give them too much respect. Against everyone else, we just kill those idiots. Was yeah. essentially <laughs> the quote. I think that's a quote. And, uh, and, and it can be true, right? Sometimes sometimes when, yep. when there's this aura about a team and you, and you know that they're the best team, it was always something that people talked about when they played against Faker and, you know, in some of these yeah, teams that are, are sitting sure. at the top of the table, people are like, oh, but for sure they know that I'm coming and there's it's going to get counter ganked, so I can't gank, right? Yeah. I just better keep farming. Well, for sure they're, they're going to TP and they're going to have a ward behind us and we're going to get flanked, so we shouldn't push this turret, right? And if you give a really good team that much respect that they have done everything perfectly, uh, even if they haven't proven that they have, then, well, they're probably going to win, right? Because yeah. you're, you're not actually pressuring them to force, like, show me that you have it, right? Show mm-hmm. me that you can make that play. Show me that you did do that ward. Show me that, you know, you're kind of ready for it. And uh, I think that that can be a big mindset thing. Yeah. 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 I, that even happens to me in solo queue whenever I get, like, an LCS player or a big streamer. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of got into that mindset because the first couple of times I got cutie pie, he just destroyed me. Like every time I would try and go gank him or something, like there would either be a counter gank or he'd outplay us 2v1. Yeah. And I would just have like mental boom. And I yeah. was like, oh no. Yeah. So then whenever I would get an LCS player, I'd be like, ah, I can't go there. He's going to be too good. But then like a couple of years ago, I just gave up on that. I was like, whatever. I'll just try and kill him every time I see him. And then if I do one time, then I screenshot that. You did it. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. You clipped it from and the stream, like him getting mad after he died. And I actually have beaten like a decent amount of yeah. CS players now. So like, I feel like this Finn Scaring thing, like you guys just have to, maybe you need Blabber in there for one time or whatever, just to get everybody in there. Give them no respect at all. Because <laughs> yeah. no Blabber's fear. like definitely going to go, <laughs> you know, go hard in there. So that could be a key. Do you, you mentioned in an interview after LCS game um, that the seven man roster is coming. You aren't willing to say who the other person is besides Blabber. I'm willing to bet that it's like 98% is going to be Grayson here. Well, I actually I am allowed to say I asked Reaper, but I yeah I have been practicing with a team and yeah. and, and and scrims and mild shock yeah mild shock <laughs> two face <laughs> um, you know like Reaper kind of does what he wants and he's like the the mastermind of the roster right so you're asking me I'm kind of just one of the puppets he's like playing with right <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm pretty I'm pretty mindless in that sense of I don't really control anything that's going on but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, me and Bob have been practicing with the main team, getting ready for for playoffs, and we kind of just started a week or two ago because there's not too much of a point in using a seven man roster for regular season. When when you're playing Bo ones, it's like, all right, you already lost. Like you can put someone in for the next game, but it doesn't really, it won't change the outcome of a series. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're practicing. We're getting ready for that for that playoffs. I'm so excited for playoffs. Me too. We're what, like two weeks out now. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're going, going into week yeah. eight, right? There's four matches left, so two and a half weeks from today, playoff starts. All right, before we get into the playoffs, though, okay, I'm pretty excited for 9.5 to mm-hmm. hit pro solo play. queue adventure. Personally, I have been spamming Vi. Um, I mm-hmm. used to be a Vi main two years ago, three years ago, actually. 
was the first champion I ever hit masters on. And then they changed her. And so I quit and stopped playing her. <laughs> but I'm finally back on because these changes make her extremely tanky. I know that Super Metroid, when he saw them, he's a one-trick uh, yep. challenger Vi player. Um, and he always builds the Ghost Blade, mm. Dreamforce, like full damage builds. Uh, he was actually kind of mad because it is a yep. bit worse for full damage. They lowered, <laughs> they lowered her her She's damage like 0.6 ratios, right? lower yeah, ratios. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty it, big. It's definitely worse for full damage. But I just build Trinity Force, Trinity Force, and I go full tank, and it's so fun. It actually feels really good. My favorite part about playing the champion was always. The feel of impacting people with the smashing them with their Q, reset auto attack, you get the denting blow. Like everything yep. about the champion to me just felt so smooth. Like you're actually just beating somebody up. <laughs> and, and I'm very happy that uh, she's back for solo queue at least. Mm -hmm. I don't think she'll be in professional play, uh, unfortunately, because there's a stigma attached to this champion. And, you know, I feel like it takes a long time for pro players to change their perception of a champion that hasn't been in pro play for a long time. So what you're saying is really satisfying for you to beat other people up, Kobe. Kobe was hurting potentially <laughs> in the face earlier. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I've seen some Vi in, in my solo key games. It actually looks pretty strong. I've yeah. seen people going Aftershock. Yeah. Like, you, they've been just going, like... I actually don't know what build I've been going. Probably Warrior. I've been or... seeing some Warrior Sterics Aftershock. Yeah. They're so tanky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like it could be picked up in competitive play if like, the Aftershock build works out. Because, yeah, full damage Vi will probably not be in competitive. It's just too definitely easy to play. It's, no. too, it's way too easy to be played around. Yeah. Um, but Vi looks pretty strong in my Silica games. I think when you might see her in by time of playoffs. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, to give the thought to damage Vi, it, she's basically going to fill a similar role to, say, like Nocturne Hecarim. Like, she's a diver, right? The yeah. point is to reach some backliner very reliably and burst them with the person. And, like, Nocturne goes warrior, sometimes Duskblade or Yomu's, and just a GA. So that, like, yeah. you dive and you trade GA for the kill. And you're like, cool, we win the team fight. Now we'll play the second half. I feel like Vi is sort of lethality in sort of a common noun lethality. Like, she's good at dealing damage term. Like, she can also trade GA for, like, a Jinx or something. Unless it's a Tom Kench, then you lose the game. But, like... Um, like we're seeing more crit marks when like Kaisa's out there and you can chain CC her for two seconds. Jinx yeah. is getting more play. If you can mm -hmm. pop Sivir spell shield, you smite her spell shield goes away so you can get the ult off. Like um, I feel like there are targets for Vi to be useful. Um, and I'm like looking at- You're saying full damage or you're-, you're I'm saying, but like, but you know, a Nocturne build, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, someone with a warrior and another BF sword in the build, like that's enough to help kill a backliner. Mm -hmm. And jungle's get the three items before the game ends anyway. So it's like warrior GA plus anything is essentially damage Vi. Yeah, um, that's what you probably build. Yeah, so it's like, okay, well now you're doing Vi things. Um, looking at solo queue, it's like Meteos is playing her a bunch and I saw how you tweeted about it and was like, She's really, really strong, but I can't seem to make it work. Uh, Trick's been playing her. Contracts put a few games in. I'll hit him up with some tips. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like maybe you got that that unlocked. But yeah, it, basically, it feels like only a few pros are even trying Vi in solo queue. She has a fairly low pickup rate from pros. Uh -huh. So um, I'm using that as my gauge for whether or not she'll be in pro when it feels like only a handful of junglers have been trying. I, I think, you know, alongside something like Support Galio, it could make sense if you're doing, like, Warrior GA or, or like, Sterics mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, something like <laughs> I just feel like there's that. better options. Yeah, yeah, maybe there are. You just play Nocturne instead. I don't know. I, I actually think she... I think she'll get picked up for playoffs because I think... Well, one thing that a lot of people forgot about Vi is that she's incredibly good at soloing Dragon. Oh, yeah. Blows. A lot of people forgot. <laughs> Dragons are pretty good. Mm -hmm. Dragons are pretty good right now. 
Yeah. And her, then her also really good too. Yeah. And, and then there's also the, I think you will see her in the same sense where you'll see a Nocturne. It'll be a dive comp, right? But you can see like, you can see like, you see like maybe like a, a Kaiser. Imagine like Vi Kaiser Gallio, right? You yeah. ult onto enemy carry, you Gallio ult in, then Kaiser ult in too. Like it, it could be a really strong, like different version of Nocturne where you don't mm -hmm. provide that, that vision denial from the old, which I mean, it's super impactful, but maybe you have like a bit stronger of an early game where it can do dragon a bit better, or you have different gank angles early game. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't, I'm not for sure we'll see it, but for my solo queue games, it feels pretty strong. Along with like some other new junglers like Skarner, the new Spire. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the new Spire actually looks like pretty it's, strong. It's ridiculous. The area of the Spire the jungle. now jungle. is yep. insane. Captain yep. Flowers got his work done. He yeah. boosted Skarner up. I think Skarner's going to be in pro for sure. Because yeah. I, I, yeah. I just think I that it was, it, was, it was, we saw how it worked in pro before for a long time. It was been played. Now, I, I think one of the biggest changes is something that Flowers has been. I think one of the first conversations I ever had with him was him talking about how he he hated that when you capture a spire, it shows on the minimap because that was always his biggest complaint. He's like, you're counter jungling them. You have to take your spire to be able to do anything in the jungle, but then they all know that you're there and they collapse on you. So for pro where people are actually paying attention to that stuff, I think that matters a lot more even. Uh -huh. uh, so it's it's harder to know where Skarner is actually playing on the map because the spires don't just tick over on the map. Yeah. Um, so I think that's pretty big and we could easily just see the kind of like tank style Skarner again, right? Like yeah. Aftershock, Righteous Glory, Cinder Hulk, Skarner. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like it, there's no reason that won't get in. But, uh, oh, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. We're see his yeah, right. there you go. Something I've been playing a lot of, though, is the new Kale, which Ooh. Uh, I I have been playing it a bunch. I'm still... I think that's I, a 0% pro play. That's what I, I think week actually. one. Oh, I think... Week I, one? You think someone's in there week one with that? Well, I don't even know if it's, yeah, it's enabled week one. Because because it's... Uh, Someone picks Scion? LEC, <laughs> so in LEC, I know that they're not having it for week one. Uh, they, I saw a tweet that said oh, okay. that they're disabling oh, it. So I don't know if, if we're doing the same or not. Or, or I think it's enabled ruling. for us. I'm okay. pretty sure. Kale, I know that. Yeah. I know Silas is disabled for us this week. Yeah. 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 Which, yeah, sucks for Cloud Nine. We have yeah. four Silas players, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think for Kale, the early game is Wait. so incredibly weak. Like I think that this is. <laughs> I think it is the weakest of any champion in the game early, and and it's it's one of those things where I feel like. Old Kale did some similar things. I actually think Old Kale in, in some situations was stronger late game than New Kale um, because because you could actually attack during your ultimate. So there are like not all situations, but we, one of the reasons anytime I would ever talk to pros about Old Kale, like it was actually incredible into a lot of tank matchups as well. But people were like the early game is too weak. It's too easy to get ganked. You know you're too vulnerable. People can force objectives too often, uh, and you can't actually group and fight. This is so much worse in the, all those scenarios because you're actually melee for the first you know 10 levels of the game uh, i think that you're like the fact that you know your ultimate you can't actually be attacking during it, it is pretty is pretty tough as well like yeah even even in some of the post 16 stages so i think in the ideal scenario new kale is much stronger than old kale post 16 but i do still think that you can really struggle against certain champions and also uh ha against range champions like really long range champions so I, like i've played some games against things like xerath uh twitch like twitch you know six i'm six item level 18 kale but a twitch actually opens with his alt and you have to self alt in two autos or you instantly die because you're still very squishy and then you can't attack during your alt so you've essentially already lost the fight right there's whereas with old Kale, you would just actually flash on his face and self-hold and kill him. Yeah. So there's there's differences like that.
But where I would say it's actually so insane is if you're doing the AD build, I think the Bork AD build is for sure the best. Uh, against frontline style comps, you can absolutely blast them because you're AoEing, you're dealing true damage splash. Like that is where I think this champion is actually absurd is if people are running multi-tank teams and you could get to level 16, you it feels like a free win. And I also feel like no game feels totally lost when you're playing Kale because I've had games where you are getting blasted early and there's multiple inhibs down, but you clear super minions for free. Uh, post 16, it's not hard at all. Like you could, you could probably solo be clearing three waves of super minions. Yeah. Like it's, it's pretty insane. But the early game is so bad that I don't think we will see it in pro because I don't think players are willing to play that heavily around something where mm -hmm. it's like the entire game would be about Kale defending it and trying to punish it, I feel like. You played a couple games, right? Yeah, I played a couple games last night. Uh, my coach, my academy coach, West Rice, was, he was playing a lot. He went from Masters to D2 playing Kale. <laughs> good, good. good. Um, basically, what the general consensus that I have and from talking to other players is that Kale is, like, extremely strong at level 11. Once you hit level 11, like, you are really strong. And I don't think... Once you hit that, if you can hit to the 11 point without being too behind, then it's a lot easier to come back to and like get to that 16 point where you're super strong, right? It's kind of like a Cassadin in the sense where like it's really weak early. I actually think it might be weaker than Cassadin though, weaker. which is pretty insane to think about that a champion could be weaker than Cassadin sure. uh, early game. But I don't, I don't know if it'll be picked up. If it, if it is, it'll have to be as a top lane counter pick to yeah. some like tank for sure. Like are you. Probably won't see it in any other role. I don't think it could lane mid. Can't lane bottom. I don't think you need too much experience. Well. I think you can't it, jungle or bot. What about yeah. as a disrespect pick? If you're like that solo laner is the worst Ooh, solo laner Jace? in Let's the go. whole league of either mid or top. Kale, give me every pro top laner is good enough to win Jason to Kale. <laughs> like, like I played that matchup last night solo queue. I got yeah. blocked. Yeah, you could give him Jace top lane into like so you the win, shy and he you win the lane. Do, are you good enough to finish the game though? I mean, I don't know. It's in NA. We don't close games out, so maybe oh, it's true. fine here. That's true. I did win my game versus Jace. I went like four and one. See, I was there just like go. spamming. Hey, Ringar, come gank this Jace, <laughs> yeah, please, please. And then up. he ganked him. The Jace still killed me. But we killed him. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one death, but it's okay. <laughs> this is the reason I haven't dueled with Azale. He asked me if I wanted to duel the other day, and I was like, are you going to play Kale? Kale? He no. was like, yeah. Like, no thanks, buddy. <laughs> one, one thing that I think is is really good, so some people are probably doing it, but Klepto, I think, is actually insane on this yep. champion. That's what I want. Uh, so like, I go Klepto, and then secondary, I'm going like Mana Flow, and, and just, you know, that it doesn't even matter. You can probably just take a, a greedy stacking uh, CDR thing or whatever. But, um, but like, you just eat the person on cooldown, and you're getting Klepto procs, plus you're stacking your Mana Flow band. Yep. And one of the craziest things about it is if you ever get an elixir of skill, you get your range yeah. a level yep. earlier. Yeah, yep. I noticed so, that last yep. night. I was yep. so confused. I was Kept playing energy on purpose. I got the elixir of skill, and it was like, I'm level 10, but my champion like blew yeah. up. And I'm yep. like, do I have, I have range, range autos? It's uh -huh. actually such a big deal getting that a couple of minutes earlier. Yep. Is, oh, it's is, huge. Yeah, because 16 insane. really matters. Getting yeah, 15 and 16 is significant is enormous. Yeah. yeah. So, like three minutes or something. The other thing I would say is I think as people play it more, there are matchups I'm realizing that you can actually start winning pre 11. So uh, I think you have to be for sure six 
And at six, when you stack it up and you start getting the the splash, you can act like the stacks actually last pretty long for your passive. So especially like I've had uh, had times where it's like you know I get you get from club to like a rage pod or whatever you get the AD and you have that and I'm doing Emax often in lane. And if you can be splashing them through the through the minions, like you can actually start getting it to a point where you're harassing them pretty heavily, uh, and you can actually start to bully some some melee matchups. You're still incredibly vulnerable to getting ganked, and and in all in from full health, you're going to lose. But like there are ways to splash them down, even with minion dematerializer. I've been taking that a lot. And then on any, every cannon wave, I try to play somewhat aggressive. You just dematerialize the cannon. Your E splashes post six. So you can actually like kill the wave really fast and then try to, mm. you know, start messing with them. But definitely uh, a lot of it revolves around having your passive stacked because you can't fight anyone yeah. without it. But it's a ton of a ton of attack speed uh, with that. And, and Blade of the Rune King, uh, I think first is so, so strong because even just... Uh, if you go cutlass, you're actually life stealing off all the waves that you're splashing. So when you're stat passive a stack, you're like AOE life stealing from the whole wave. So you have a ton of healing, uh, and the W speed up plus the cutlass active allows you to actually like kite people out pretty mm -hmm. well. So it, it, there's there's some some things where some matchups you're like, ooh, maybe I could like do okay, but yeah, it's definitely you're waiting for late game. Yeah, I mean, like Freak said earlier, I think, you know, red side into Scion, I could definitely see that working. Yeah. But not many people are blinding Scion that often That's anymore. Fair. Yeah. Um, and actually, the number one thing I was surprised about when I was playing Kale last night is, you know, when I heard you can't auto during the ult, I was like, why would I play this champion then? <laughs> like, what's the point? But it actually felt pretty good still using the ultimate with all the damage that comes out afterwards. Yeah. It felt pretty good in team fights when I, like, ulted the tank who engaged and he yeah. was invulnerable and then he did a ton of damage just yeah. around everyone. Or when they're, let's say, I think I was getting dove, like 2v1, and I just ulted myself, and the turret hits plus the the ult damage, I was able to, to I think I ended up like 3v1ing under turret with it. It was, it was insane. Um, so I, I think the champion feels really fun to play, and because of that, I think you'll see pros start to practice it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's definitely going to be, you know, a niche a niche pick mm -hmm. at best. I mean, if you have one of those moments, if you have a 3v1 under your turret Kale defense early in the game, like... You that, won. Yeah, yeah, the game yeah, is yeah, the game's over. over. Game's over. <laughs> You're like, everybody pack it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm on exactly. my way to yeah, level my, 11. Yeah. I'm rich. Like... The yeah. games I've gotten ahead early as Kale, which is only a couple out of like 20, the other team is legit flaming their top laner in all chat and yeah. like, how did this idiot lose the Kale? Game's <laughs> done. Blah, blah, you know? yeah. I actually played Kale AD too. I played at AD. Yeah, I think it's correct. Top. Oh, no, I mean AD like AD Kale's carry. Correct. I what? Like AD oh, oh I a bot lane. lane. Yeah, with TP. I think that's so troll. With a gen. I, I won lane versus Gen Karma. With what? Kale. Yeah. I mean. Wow. In I was, again? No, I was on a Smurf, but okay. okay. Um, I mean, it's still like diamond. Versus... It, was, it was still like diamond games. Um, yeah, and I actually still lost the game after I was like level fourteen because my team just like ran it down and fought without me. But it definitely feels like if you know what you're doing, you can get through lane a lot mm -hmm. easier. I think than people think with with klepto Q farming. Yeah. E trading, <laughs> and then like if you get a mana pot or elixir skill, you get a mana pot, you just start healing yourself. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited to see it because it's really fun to watch. It's definitely fun to play. All yeah. right, is there any other like special pick for you that you've been super excited about in solo queue? Uh, Please tell me uh, that was... there is, and it's Zed because that's what I was excited for last Ooh. uh was two weeks ago, and we never had any Zed in North America. Yeah. I was very sad. <laughs> well, okay, so. What I was really excited for was AD Nico. Uh, I was on hit, yeah. spamming it on hit. It was 
the most impressive champion. I love playing broken champions. That's my <laughs> oh, thing. Yeah. Oh, That's my thing. I do love winning with broken I, I yeah. love it. I, I have no remorse for my enemies. You know, when I'm just smacking around. And 80 on hit Bill Nico was the most broken thing I played in probably like four years. It felt ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but they hot fix it. So I, you know, those 15 games I put into that doesn't really matter. I do think you a lot, always a lot of, have those times though. You'll remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of people in Korean solo queue. So I've been tracking a lot of Korean solo queue. A lot of mid laners are spamming Zed over there, like Faker, BDD, yep. um, Showmaker. There's a lot of players over there spamming Zed. So I think you know a lot of us NA mid laners are like, hey, what are those guys playing over there? And it has a couple like okay matchups. I think right now, like uh -huh. I think you could see it as a counter into Syndra if people are blind picking Syndra. Um, it really just depends, though, because that, that is a champion you want to put a lot of practice into, a lot of time, have, like, your mechanics very on point. And that, that's, like, the number one thing when you're when you're trying to decide what to practice as a pro, right? Because there's so many different champions that you could play. Yeah. But I, I think you'll see it. And, and I, I guarantee you'll see at least one game of Zed before playoffs is over. Like, the rest of LCS and playoffs, I think you'll see it. At least one game. Have the you, golden glue guarantee. Have you played Salasuna Zed? Because I think that is one of the like hardest counter matchups I've ever seen. Oh yeah, it's rough. You like you can eat, prep your E when he death marks, and he just death marks into your shield, and then he gets stunned, and then you counter alt him, <laughs> and it, plus you can rush the first item Zonia's. Yeah, and it's just like and you get low from the shuriken, yeah. and you put up pop, and you just W heal for like five hundred health, <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah. okay. I saw that sure. matchup, and I was just like. Wait, how does Zed ever win? Yeah. It actually just seems so doomed. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's really doomed. Silas is so strong. Yeah. So you're saying this week, if he's disabled... He is. Ah, Time to shine. Oh, yeah, this Zed. is the one week. Pull out the Zed. <laughs> quick! <laughs> uh, here's a very quick Kale thing before I think we move on. Uh, I'm looking up uh, solo queue. Uh, Untar is playing it a ton, and he's going Trinity Force. Just like it's, it's just like, I press E and do this one thing. That's how he's like getting through early mid-game. Hmm. It's just, hmm. He just does that, and that, and like every five seconds, he just like sheen procs you. Yeah, and triggers mana flow, ban triggers klepto, and just that—that's how he's getting through his laning phase. I tried, I tried a, a triforce game and a, and also a lich main game, but I just feel like he doesn't actually spam spells enough for it to feel really good. It's sure. kind of like somewhat clunky, but maybe maybe I'm wrong, and that'll end up being the hotness. But we should hop into LCS. Yeah. Golden Glue's got places to be, so we're gonna get into it. Uh. TLC9, they're pretty much locked down at the top. We know that both these teams are going to be in playoffs. They're looking like clear number one, number two. Do you guys think anyone has a chance really of, of catching up to C9 any way you see it happening? I would throw TSM's hat in the ring, but I would not be, I would not bet on it probably. Like, yeah. If you ask me percentages, uh, and I, if I was confident, like, putting money on it. So they're two games back, four games to play. And yeah. C9 owes the tiebreaker. So TSM has to go, like, 4-0 and yeah. to a 1-3 of C9. It's, That's not happening. And yet, like, I kind of got amped up for them when they strung a bunch of wins together. But then they also, in the last couple of games, like, made some mistakes that we saw at the beginning of the split that, that I thought maybe they had cleaned up. So then I was like, ah, never mind. You know, they're still kind of unpredictable. I think they have a lot of ups and downs, um, especially like Broken Blade plus Acadian plays. Every time they go for a 2v2, I'm like, ooh, are they yep. going to do the same thing? Are they going to do opposite <laughs> things here? It's, uh, what do you think? Because I feel like Team Liquid, 
after winning that Cloud9 game, they're for sure, to me, going to be number one. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like Cloud9 is almost for sure. Cloud9 team. also has a really easy strength of schedule remaining. The mm -hmm. second easiest in the league yeah. for the last four games. I mean, yeah. I mean, any one of those teams aren't playing each other anymore. So it's like, I think both C9 and, and uh, TL just go 4-0. And it's like, yeah. cool, okay, there's the buys. We'll see you in, you know, see yeah. you later. I think, I think ranking-wise, it's pretty locked in for us and, t and, and TL. You know, I mean... Unless one of the teams, since we TL owns the head to head to us and we own the head to head to TSM, it's gonna be really hard to move yeah. up. Uh, obviously, if some like zero four or four and four zero happens, it, it could happen. Uh, but I wouldn't bet on it. And I, I think people should just think about like going into playoffs. Who's mm -hmm. gonna be stronger? Because I do think the relative team strength is a lot closer mm -hmm. than that. Like I do think on any given day, any TSM C nine TSM, like I think anyone could beat anyone. And you know, going into playoffs, I think it's going to be interesting how the teams adapt to the new patch and see if that changes. Because I think the jungle pool will open up a lot. I think it'll be a bit better for you know the control junglers like like Scarter coming into the game. Mm. See how like Acadia can pull up versus like I, I don't really when I when I consider Acadia's been playing a lot more Sejuani recently, and I think his highest moments are on. Graves. Harry champions, <laughs> Graves, Nocturne, Stealing Barons. Uh -huh. I feel like that's really like his highlights when I watch him play. Mm -hmm. And like with the control style coming in, will he be able to pick up like, I mean, he's already been playing a lot of uh, Sejuani, but Xmithy and Sinskarin are definitely both like Skarner players. They played it a lot in the past. Yeah. They've both done really good on it. Um, you know, if Eric's really good at counterpicking, so if Kale actually comes into the meta, maybe we'll be able to pick that up too. Like we... We'll, we'll see how the next patch affects us. And going into playoffs, I'm pretty interested to see how the relative power strength looks like. Yeah, I, I've i been, like, hypothetically thinking of a playoff series with Team Liquid and Cloud9. And it's really fun because, you know, even though Team Liquid have the head-to-head -head in regular season and in that game, yeah, Cloud9 did kind of look scared. So I think about that. And then in the best-of series, they have... Reaper drafting plus seven-man roster. I just mm -hmm. feel like there's so many more things that over the course of a series, Cloud9 would change than Team Liquid would. Uh, every oh. single Team Liquid game, I'm like, I know exactly what to expect. And if they do something different, I still know what to expect, and it's not going to be as good. <laughs> I remember, though, last time this happened, and it was still 3-0 Team Liquid. True. That's so. True. Uh, true. In, until C9 proves me otherwise, they've got like a six or seven game losing streak to Team Liquid yeah, across the iterations. Like, I won last time, not in playoffs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that was the one sub. That that that's the win, and then there was the, the five game losing streak. Uh, just just putting that up. But yeah, I mean, like obviously you guys are really good. The world showing was really good. Um, but but like for me, like I have to see it until I believe it. Yeah. Um. So for now, hey, you're the number two team, which is yeah. which is really good. But if the upset happens, then that's awesome. If it comes back to the betting, we yeah. probably just put our money on Team Liquid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a safer bet, right? That's an yeah. easier bet. Yeah. Yeah. The the cast of predictions that that tweet that Dash put out, like half the people or maybe even more put a bet on C9. Yeah. Yeah. Because and I was I feel right. Like, I said. Team I feel like a lot of that is well. because <laughs> excitement, best of one. Like yeah. A, yeah. Whenever there is a clear team at the top. Lots of people have the feeling that they want to see that toppled. And and I think you, know, you can definitely see the ways that C9 can win. You know, when you talk about counterpicking for Licorice, that seems like such a, a big way in, right? To, to me, one of the most standout things in that game is that even though Licorice, uh, you know, they, C9 lost, Licorice was playing Poppy into Jace, and he was pressuring Impact under his turret and took solo first turret and all his plates. Yeah. And that is like... 
the exact opposite of how that matchup is supposed to be and just speaks to the laning skill of these two players. And it's like, holy shit. Lucas is actually so much better than impact in lane. Like, uh, at yep. least on, on carry versus that mm -hmm. sort of matchup, that it wasn't even funny. So to me, if, if you can get that sort of result... And then you flip the matchup where Licorice actually has has matchup advantage and skill advantage, then that's that's a way that you can take over a game. Yeah. Impact Jace to me. Yeah. <laughs> that's a no go for that's playoffs. But they, they a, keep picking it. It's a hard no for me. They're gonna keep picking it. Like very clearly, they think this is this is a pick for them. They that played it at MSI in, me, in an elimination game. They played it. They played at Worlds. They continually pick it in LCS. He got solo killed by Darshan last time. He, uh, last yeah. week or two. We need to have an intervention so with them. I will. Darshan solo killed it. him with Orn yeah. too. It's like so. <laughs> every game this happens. But they're right. picking it. Are, well, yes, so I I will first say I agree Impact's Jace is not good. I will then devil's advocate why they're picking it. Uh, Jace is the number one champion in pro play right now. He's like the blind pick top laner. Like if you're blue side, you're probably playing Jace, highest presence across the world in the top regions. So like if you can't play Jace, your team is screwing up. So like, you know what? We've got a buffer. We're going to make playoffs. Let's put as much practice on as possible. Hey, Impact, you want to learn Jace? Go play against Licorice. But it's, like, it's not yeah. learn Jace because he's played it for years. But, that, but, that's but where get I the just... reps, right? Like, look, they, they have the runway to, like, they can throw games and yeah. they'll still get first seed. Like, they can throw two games in the finals and so, maybe still win the series. This, this is my question to you guys. It, it like so take off your C9 hat, right? You're just yeah. an NA fan at home, right? You're, you're, <laughs> you're assuming you want NA teams to do well, right? It, Team Liquid's at Worlds or whatever. It's game five, World Finals. And he locks in Jace against against Shy, right? Are you happy about that? <laughs> <laughs> no. When you phrase that question, no, I'm not. I'm not. So, so th this is the thing, right? So, and and my argument is then, if in in the most important situation, you would not be happy to see like you know them lock in the Jace, and that I think is is true. Like when I've asked that sort of question to anyone, even when I say, oh, and it's against G two or it's against Fnatic, it's at MSI, it's whatever, everyone's always like hard no, right? So then. I just feel like it, because he's such an amazing tank player and he does really well in lane on tanks, why not then spend that time instead of practicing Jace, practicing more different tanks? Because we know he had a really good Singe before. I would I would be way more in the camp of, let me see you play Singe. Let me see you play you know Malphite. Let me see you play all these different tanks and find out in pro play which tanks work best in which matchups. Because he's incredible at that style. He team fights really well. He plays the map really well. He minimizes his loss on tanks really well. He does all these things. There's Poppy. There's all these different champions. And I think that there actually is a tank for basically every matchup. And that is where, where I'm like, okay, it's totally fine if you're not the best Jace player in the world because you're fucking amazing at tanks. Just play more different tanks and, and you can do that as a style, right? They have Jensen and Double if you don't need a carry top. Well, so to that, I would say like, you don't want to be too one-dimensional as a team or as a, as a player. And I definitely agree. Like I completely agree in the, in the sense of that, like you want to see impact on tanks, right? Like he does, he knows... He's just insane at the play style, right? Like, mm -hmm. he's yeah. really good at finding engage, really good at finding flanks, super good at knowing how much damage he can take, how much damage he can do. Like, he's amazing at it. Um, I, I would say, like, it, it's... Like like Free was saying, I, I think it's pretty good that going into playoffs that they're practicing it because there's just some situations where, as a team, if you feel like you can't play this champion and it's the number one pick champion in pro play right now, it really, mainly, it's for draft. It really hurts your draft. If you can't take that Jace and, like, punish the enemy for like leaving it open it really hurts you as a, as a team and 
it feels really bad even for 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 the teammates of like well, we keep getting crapped on by the enemy Jaces every game. Why are we picking this champion? And that's a lot how it starts, right? It's just like, yeah, the enemy team, they're kind of shitting on us with this champ every <laughs> single game. Why aren't yeah. we playing it? And that that's really what it comes down to is like picking up new styles, learning how to play different. And I, I think that's a huge part of pro play. And I don't think you have to be the shy Jace or rookie Jace to be able to play the champion, right? I think if you can fulfill the role of... I mean, he was able to do it later in the game where you're split pushing, just taking turrets. Because like, once you get to that point, you, there's nothing a, a, a poppy can do to conquer, like a conquer. Also, bots could do the same thing where there's no champions in your lane and you're just walking there, yeah. shooting the turret or yeah. whatever. Yep. Team Liquid had five had five of the other team on the other side of the map and Impact's taking all the turrets. Like, yep. okay, like, yes. <laughs> I do feel like Impact and Huni are like, Two halves of the perfect player. Like they are com <laughs> they're complete opposite. Like fusion dance. Yeah. It's like we had the perfect top laner, and then there was like, God, lightning ball right down the middle, and they split off. And he's like, oh, I'll take all the damage and range champions. And impact was fine. I'm melee only. I play tanks and a couple bruisers. But it, it it's kind of like a way of thinking about the game. And as a jungler, you know, we play range and melee champions, and there's a huge mindset, uh, mind like change, like mindset change when you're playing like Kindred versus Zach or something like that, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like those two guys kind of epitomize, you know, the I can't turn left style, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like Zoolander thing. Um, and kind of to Zale's point, like if you have if you have that, it is it wasted time? Like you're talking about the the resource that is pro players' time because there's so many things to practice. Uh, yeah, and it's just like. I don't know. It's an interesting topic. Yeah. Like, do you want to drop more time into that? Well, okay. So I, I feel like you could also argue that if you're so good at that style, right? Let's say, you know, he's a master of that he style. Have you don't really have to practice it that much, right? But he's not playing other tank champions. That's that's where my, my thing is. Because I agree with you. You should diversify, right? Uh -huh. And But I just think that it's it's like diversify within your within your strength, right? Because it's different if, if you're a new player and you haven't played those styles. Impact has been playing for many years in pro. And this mm -hmm. has been a trend for many, many years in pro where it's like always that same thing. So that's why I'm, I'm not like, oh, play more Scion. You need to play more Scion because we all know he can place on and, and Maokai and stuff, but just like branching out into some of the other tanks that are more actually good in counter picks. We've seen Malphite into Jace actually work really well for Solo and some other players. More practicing those specific things is at least my argument. And I, I would give Impact more room than just tanks, by the way. I think frontliners and stuff. Uh, to me, really melee champions, like it, it really is kind of a mindset to me where Jace is the most extreme. Yeah. yeah. Like the way you play Jace in, in that lane is so, so aggressive. And he, you utilize every harassment opportunity, using your range, trying to get, um, you know, all these little optimizations in that um, I feel like that might be one that I do cut out. I do think that Impact has played plenty of, you know, damage melee champions, bruisers. Aatrox, Silas, he so, was good on. That yeah, there so, can be pseudo frontliners. So there are options for them. I just feel like Jace is a special case. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. I, I'm still on the side, though, where I feel like like as a player, I feel like if I'm not playing the number one pick champion in in League of yeah. Legends in general and pro play, like yeah. I'm kind of failing my team, right? Yeah, I, I definitely feel still. I feel that way, right? Well, you, like, you I don't. Think that's what it comes down to, right? Is like yeah. just like 
ha just at least appearing like you can play meta stuff, even though the the, the, the better pick. And, and yeah, like if he's if he's in finals, I want to see Scion, Scion, Urgot, or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like that that's what that's what you would win with. But I think it's okay to to play stuff that you're not as good at, just to show that you can. So that maybe champs like looks different down the line, or you know maybe you get lucky and you find the pick you can do it with. Yeah, I mean the champs like point is a really good one because I know I know last year one thing that was happening a lot to Team Liquid was people were blind picking GP knowing he was going to play a tank, right? Yeah, they were pre counter exactly. picking him essentially yeah. and taking away right side advantage. So I do agree you should you should show it. Uh, it's an interesting conversation, but we should move on a little bit here. So I'm curious who you guys think would be kind of the, the rest of the playoff team. So we, we've pegged those three teams at the top, right? TSM, C9, TL. Who else do we actually think is going to get in? So as it stands right now, uh, FlyQuest is fourth, Golden Guardians is uh, fifth, and tied with Optic. So those are those are like the top six right there. CLG, Clutch are one game behind Optic. Echo Fox and Hunter Thieves are two games behind Optic and, and Golden Guardians. So it might sound like the easy answer to just say the first two on the list of FlyQuest and Golden Guardians. But to me, a lot of the reason behind that is that of these, of those, of all these teams, these two have the best communication and teamwork because they all speak English super well. Um, they have had more cohesive plays than a lot of these other ones that we're mentioning. Um, I feel like all the other ones have had those very spiky, kind of unsure uh, roller coaster starts. But even Golden Guardians. Um, they're technically one below FlyQuest at six and eight. Mm -hmm. uh, they've been more consistent since the 04 start uh, to me. So yeah. I feel like they've kind of built into it and grown into it. And I think that them and FlyQuest, uh, like the team play will probably get them there. The thing with me with FlyQuest is I feel like before, like they had a 2-0 week last week, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they had a really good last weekend. Before last weekend, I probably wouldn't have said, I, well, I think FlyQuest will probably I would have said I think FlyQuest will probably go into playoffs as like fifth or sixth seed. Yeah. Uh, now they're sitting in fourth place, so it's looking a little bit yeah, better for they them. They were a five-game lose streak. Four or five, they had lost five. in a row. Yeah, yeah, they were they were like not having very much very much synergy, and they were not doing very well. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a pretty important turnaround, right? Like right two weeks before playoffs, <laughs> you get a two-zero week. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe that'll be enough to maybe they can keep that momentum and uh -huh. run into playoffs as the fourth seed. I was expecting Clutch to kind of pick it up. Personally, I, I heard feel a like, lot of that. I, I feel like uh, from what I've seen that Hooney's like playing a lot more solo here, trying a lot harder and getting back into the Hooney form that everyone knows him as. And with the fact that a lot of carry tops and counterpick tops are very strong right now, I was expecting them to come up, you know, on the, on the up and up. So the problem is Clutch has an absurdly hard schedule. Do their, their last four games are like, uh, they've got you guys, um, they have TSM, uh, Golden Guardians, I think, is a playoff team as well, and Team Liquid. Like, yeah. they play arguably the literal four best teams in NA. And Oof. I would put Golden Guardians maybe actually number four. So it's Oof. like, even if you're close, you're currently in seventh, and you have the top four in front of you. So like, sorry, you spiked too late. Or they look yeah. good because they played the other bottom five. Oh, they look good now because they're beating up 100 Thieves. Cool. That's true. That could be it. So, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure which one it is, but either way, even though I think Clutch maybe look decent and maybe they're better than Optic or CLG, it's too late. I think I think that it's also, they've looked really good with a certain style, right? They're 3-0 with Aurelia bot lane, and I think that them playing aggressive melee bot lanes has has looked like them at their best because I think they actually do look really good at that aggressive style. Sure. And I wonder how many different champions they can make that same thing work with because if it's only Aurelia, then Aurelia just gets banned and all of a sudden you can't do it. But yeah. if you can do it with Yasuo and you can do it with, you know, yeah. like a various... Uh, 
group of champions, then mm-hmm. I think it's it's pretty effective. But their schedule is really hard. FlyQuest also has to play both TL and C9 yep. as well as Golden Guardians. Yep. So like that's a really hard schedule. Their other mm-hmm. one is Hundred Thieves, so that's you know kind of easier. But yeah. I, I, I think <laughs> I, I think, think that uh, is that's kind of easier. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the opposite uh, of Team Liquid. Golden Guardians is is the fourth best team, mm-hmm. and I, I think they're probably going to finish in fourth. I think that it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if Optic or CLG can can kind of like who, who's going to pull in right there because I, yeah. I think CLG has looked like at times like quite Two good, but they just seem so up and down. I I actually even um uh, so on the countdown we have a LCS stocks game yeah where we're, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah we invest in teams yeah. Yeah. on their ELO. I bought into CLG mm-hmm. and then they subbed in um their two academy players Auto and they lost and then, both yeah. of those games. Um, and I'm I mean, sorry that, for your loss. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear it in my voice. Yeah, huh? yeah. These dang academy players. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's what like that one, and then Optic also is doing a lot of substitution. So sub, subbing in people, I don't like blame you know the people that are mm-hmm. subbing in. I just think that when you're making lots of substitutions like this right before playoffs, it is very hard to show consistency on stage because that means your practice is also split. Like, yeah, I, mean, I know you're very uh, you know well equipped to talk about academy <laughs> splitting yeah. time with LCS teams, um, and that's just kind of a feeling that you have watching these te- two teams. What? How do you feel about them? I definitely feel like watching CLG and Optic, they're pretty big question marks for me because like, what even is their roster, right? Like, yeah. who who, yeah. who is their starters, right? Where we kind of like have a pretty set starters, right? We have Nitsky, Sven, like starting out for the, they've been playing the whole season pretty much. Bobby's played one game. <clears throat> and we haven't really been splitting, me and Bobber haven't really been splitting scrims with the main team until just recently. Like, we even really wanted to make sure we had a, like a solid core roster before you like start adding on having like a seven roster of multiple subs is it's definitely like an extra it's like an add-on right it's it's dlc it's you get it if you can right but it's, you do have to pay extra for that you do have to pay a bit extra for that yeah and it's it's super useful super strong and like last playoffs it worked out really well for us mm-hmm. um but, but if you don't have a stable core yeah if you don't have a stable core it doesn't really or if, Work you, out or if well. you cheap out and you get the like garbage DLC that's only like one, <laughs> one extra character, you get like a hat or then something what, yeah. in there. What's you know? the point anyway? It doesn't <laughs> even change anything. Yeah. You can't tell is it better with the hat or without. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. CLG Optic play each other on this coming Saturday and they're one game apart. And to me, looking at schedules and, and records, like those are teams that are fighting for six right now. Mm-hmm. They have fairly similar opponents from then on. They both got like one or two hard opponents, one or two easy ones. Um, like that game immediately say, okay, well, if Optic wins, now they're like, or if CLG wins, now they're tied for six. I don't know what the head to head looks like right off the top of my head, but like, that's, that's probably the fight for six as, as that, as that plays out. Yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting. Cause I also just think it's obviously a wildly different situation for cloud nine. If you, if you're starting to play more and blabber starting to play more on stage, you guys are already secure for playoffs. You guys are already at the top of the standings and then it's experimenting as you say, trying to add. Whereas with these other teams, it feels like they don't know what their best five is still. Right. Yeah. And that is very concerning going into week eight. If you still don't even know what the roster that's going to work out best for you is, that speaks to me very highly of, okay, well, scrims are not going well. So you're experimenting, you're trying to figure out what's, what's going to work better. And, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, 
but I don't think those sorts of teams are going to be the ones that are going to be successful in spring, right? That's yeah. like more building towards summer, it feels like, and trying to figure out, okay, what's our stable five? Then we'll work on that for next split and we'll try to start to approach it. Because even if you do sneak in, you know, barely at six, if you're still kind of experimenting and these other teams have been locked down yeah. for a long time, TSM you're, you're going to bet on them in playoffs every time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Golden Glue does have scrims coming up very quickly. Here. I do. It's early in the morning. So I think we'll go on to Twitter questions. We got a lot of do Twitter it. questions. You and we'll I <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed this. was one of the first two Twitter questions that uh, answered the call when I tweeted out and asked. This is from Lord Ocelus of the 8th C. He says, If in a scenario similar to the 1988 movie Big, this is a movie where wow. uh, John uh, Hanks, uh, I believe, is the main actor. He's a li- he's a little kid. He wakes up. He's all of a sudden in an adult body. Yep. Um, okay. And and they go about the day. It's it's hilarious. Um, anyways, he says if you woke up in a situation similar to Big, and you were a low ELO player with an NA account, hard stuck in bronze too. So he's this little kid. Yeah. But. <laughs> He's got this uh, NA account, Heart and Bronze too. What champion and role do you play uh, to climb your way up to high ELO again? Are you a Bronze two player? No, you're or? you. So you're so you're like you. Yourself. Okay. Okay. And you ben wake Eagle. up and you've got this. Yeah. You're just Heart uh, and Bronze two. And you want to climb out as fit, as quick as possible. He's basically asking how do Bronze to climb as quick as yeah, possible. Yeah, pretty much. Right? Yeah. So, but then that's not the same. That's, as yeah, those are the questions. Golden Glue could be like, well, I'll play Zed every game, but <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't recommend that if you're Bronze 2. He's his, yeah, Golden Glue is a special snowflake. You have a special <laughs> snowflake answer. Yeah, that's true. Uh, What's your answer? Uh, me? I probably play... I bet he plays whatever he wants and he... Yeah. I probably play there. for fun, yeah. I probably play like Irelia or Akali, like something that'll keep my mental strong going right. through the bronze like games. What about the fastest possible though? Because he wants fastest possible route. Your life uh, depends you're literally, on getting into silver. Yeah, you, if you make it back to Challenger uh, with 100% win rate, oh. then uh, you get a million dollars. Okay, well, I probably play... 100%. So the thing is like... You just bronze games are scary and stuff. Bronze yeah. games are scary, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking if I wanted to, like, I could pick Zed, I really, I call a soul kill lane like a thousand times, but will I be able to push turrets? You That's the number one thing. You got to be able to push yeah. turrets to end the game. So I'm thinking maybe, maybe I play something like Zoe and just, or LeBlanc and just have something that I could go to a lane. Anyone who comes to me, I'll kill them and I'll just keep taking turrets so I can actually end the game. Cause I'm assuming I actually don't have teammates. Right, I'm assuming I, I they're not. You don't there. have opponents either. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just have gold bags running yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to collect every now and then. Mobility. Um, I think Zoe would probably be a really good one because Zoe, you can actually you can hit turrets really hard, yeah. and you know people flash away from you. You pick up their flash, but like why? You know, also you'll kill them. You can just make the gold bag sit there, and one of your non teammates could pick up that gold bag. That's you can true. set it up for them. Ah, uh, I don't want to do that. No, no, no. Okay, he's taking it every time. The quick answer I would give is, number one, if you're doing this, like if you're saying, it, hey, how do I climb? Number one rule is actually get better first. You're in bronze two because you're a bronze two player. So become Great a silver advice. two player. Great advice. And, but like, you, but like that become has to happen. Become a silver though. two player. But, 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 but and like, then you will no longer be there. <laughs> but, but the question right, of how I climb is not, oh, play Zed every game. It's like, you need to like learn, right? Like watch replays, like 
learn runes and masteries, learn item builds, like constrain your champion pool, like actually do things to get better at League of Legends, then you will climb. Like that that has to be rule number one. Yes, if you're Golden Glue, this like LCS caliber mid laner, okay, well, I play what, you know, you play whatever mid laner because mid has the highest mm -hmm. agency in the game that just like is strong and you're good at and you will just climb. Yeah. Like you can kind of play anything because the difference in skill is so different. So, you know, get as good, in gold, get as, good as Golden Glue. And then you'll climb. If you I want definitely it. play a solo lane, though. For if, sure, yeah. Yeah, for solo sure lane. solo lane. I wouldn't play solo lane. But not go lane. Yeah. So I would definitely play jungle, but that's just because I know jungle. Yeah, that's was, fair, too. You jungle, jungle, I feel like, is pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, that was going to be my at answer. climbing uh, low elo. I, I think, because I've, I've played a, a lot of low elo games, because I have a lot of low elo friends, and I've had the most success, actually, uh, because even if you're way better than your laner, if, if everything is going absolutely horrible, sometimes you can't get out on the map and enough to like affect it really, really quick. As a mid laner, maybe you can if you're pro, sure. But like for me at least, I can say playing scaling junglers is where I've had by far the highest win rate. So if I'm playing like Kindred or I just play Jax and I go like gank the lane, but then I you could if you're actually just trying to play like win or die, you just tax every lane, right? You just play something that can 1v9 late game and take turrets and split push and do all that sort of thing because you can make the game so much about you if you're playing in a side lane because especially at low elo, people don't know how to like force objectives and group like they're just someone's just going to keep coming to you and you can keep killing them and keep taking turrets as yeah. long as you're like the strongest 1v1 dude in the game. Also, I would say Gank the lanes depending on where the cannons are. You go to the cannon menu. <laughs> Maximize your gold. That's a that's a big uh, big brain tip that I've used. Nice. When leveling up Smurfs, <laughs> and they it's like a lot of the games they don't even really notice or care that much. Like it's just one minion that you yeah. Yeah. Like, you roll by with like, a dematerializer. Dematerializer jungler. Hell yeah. I've even been thanked before, like going over there to do a gank and like burning their flash and like on the way out, I'm like whoop. Thank you for that or whatever. Like, ah, no flash. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the flash. Like, have fun. All right, great. What's right. next? Yeah. If you're bronze too, though, play Volibear. Volibear it's is true. so easy to play. Mm -hmm. If you just farm all your camps to freak Malphite's point about getting too. better, get high CS and just right click people on Volibear. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah, people Very are atrociously easy. bad at farming in low elo. Just like learning to get CS. Yeah, it's just like you're just the, you're a superhero. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure. All right, next question here from uh, Josh Dawson. He says, "What will it take to see a return of AP supports in pro play?" It's been Alistar, Brom, TK, three splits in a row. We haven't seen AP meta support since Arden Sensor at Worlds. Uh, we've seen one Galio, uh, or sorry, a little bit of Galio, one Soraka split. Yeah, well, Galio's number one now, actually. Like Galio's number one support in current patch, but it's obviously tank Galio, so, yeah, so it, it's still AP. tank support. Uh, well, we had an error on the dive last week, and he was saying that Relic Shield regen was so high in like 9-4 that you couldn't push them out. That basically he was saying that if, if you can get enough lane advantage, uh, the fact that you can't face check to ward Brash's later game is counteracted by you won lane and got plates. So I don't yeah. know if that's the right break point, if you agree with that as well. No, I, I completely agree. Like whenever I have like a Zyra still be on my team, I'm like, you guys better be taking that turret, right? Yeah. If I have a Zyra who like goes even or loses lane, I'm like, we lose. It's doomed. Why are we picking Zyra? Like, you yeah. know, like I really don't want this on my team because it just makes the mid to late game so much more complicated. Mm -hmm. When you when you have just like this meatball that can run around and put wards down and like yeah. check brushes that I mean I can't check brushes. If I check a bush and I die, like we lose the game, right? Yeah. Um, so you really have to dominate lane and play that way. You need to build you know, the, you do the classic where you take bot plate, you take bot turret, you take drag, and then you swap top, you take top turret, you take Harold. You need to do like the full snowball if you have an AP support. And it's also hard with Volleyers, they can go TP too. Like people, like you push them out, they're going to TP back, right? And you want to have a lane dominance spell. You want something like ignite. Mm -hmm. So yeah. how how do you chunk out, you know, 
two, three pots plus Targons plus a TP back with three more pots, right? Like, yeah. can you really do that? Not, not right now. If you set up a dive, maybe, right? Like, yeah. the whole thing is, okay, well, at level three, like, they're at half HP and they don't have heal, so we'll for sure burst Ezreal out. And, like, but it it puts a lot of requirements on you to to push it through, so I understand why it's difficult. Yeah. I would also say it really helps um, AP and squishier supports when top lane tanks are super meta and jungle tanks are yeah. super meta. Because if you already have two roles where most of the best champions are tanks, then it gives you that more flexibility, um, and it even actually balances your damage for later, too. Yeah, I, I think, in general, it's just so much about the vision game, which is something that's so much less important than solo queue. So that's, like, one of the things where it's, like, if I'm playing solo queue all the time, I feel like Brand and Zyra are actually cheap, right? Nami, Sona are just broken. And yeah, like, yeah, Nami's champions are, yeah, it's absurd. They're so good, but then in pro play, and, and even, like, if you're playing at, like, just, like, a higher levels of organized play or whatever, you know, it, it's getting vision is such an important part of the game, and and trying to actually ward as as a Nami or a Zyra is so incredibly hard. You face check almost anyone and you instantly die. So it becomes very, very difficult to actually play for vision. And, and that's why I think we see it less in pro. But I will say, I do think a lot of it is also people being more risk averse because when people are playing Ezreal, Tom, Kench, you cannot tell me that like a brand can't slam that lane if you're if your jungler is willing to play around it, right? You know, I I do think that that is such an extreme mismatch, you know, because brand has so much percent HP damage and Tom Kench is just like can't even fight back, yeah. you know? Like that that's an example where if a team had practiced it and was willing to play around that because you're not just opting yourself into this, you're opting your jungler into guarding you because you're going to be very gankable too, right? Yeah. Um, but I do think that is the sort of lane that if you're playing like Draven Brand or whatever, or Brand Caitlyn or something, you could blast that lane so hard that it could be worth it. Yeah. But you'd have to have put in all the time practicing it. Your jungler would have to be playing around you and you would have to be willing to take the risk that oh, crap, they actually TP'd on us or their jungle ganked us and we got double killed and now it's tragic. Yeah, and I mean, it's a whole team too. Like the, mm -hmm. basically, you know, if you have a vault, you can't pick a volatile top matchup if you have to play around bot side the whole game, you know, like you have to, jungle, your jungler has to go bot side, you know, your top laner probably will have to leash and it affects the whole map in ways that it's kind of hard to see outside the bot lane. So you're putting all your eggs in basically one basket and it can work and it could do really well. You know, so it can also not work. You know, you could, you <laughs> could, well, you know, it's just putting all your eggs in one basket. If that's what team wants to do, then For you can try it. Could but be smart though, right? You know, as, as it could be a good, like, it could be a good strategy mm -hmm. to have, I think. But at the same time, it's going to be when it comes to playoffs, everyone ends up just picking the easiest stuff yeah. possible. You don't really want to pick the harder, more execution heavy. It's just like mm -hmm. Maokai's up, Oriana's up, or something like that. Like, let's pick the Orns up. But if you want Sneaky to win lane against Doublelift, you bring in a Nami and suddenly <laughs> Eric already wins top lane. You've got Niski splitting with, with Jensen. Sneaky what if they go even, yeah, even in that lane, though? Then you're like... But then you've got a, a 5-0 Poppy with uh, first turret gold, so you <laughs> try to snowball, you know? Like, Doublelift doesn't get perfect farm when he's against Nami. All right, That's well, that... <laughs> with that, we are going to bring an end to this episode of The Dive. Golden Glue, we can get you out of here just in time for scrims. <laughs> Perfect. Like practice. You have, like, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm going to school right a, now. It's, yeah. like, it's like I'm at a meeting right now like yeah. with the principals or something. They're like, yeah, you got class in 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to check out Golden Glue, you can find him on Academy. It's going to be 4 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, and the next episode of The Dive is going to come out next week. Until then, stay tuned. Um, this weekend for the LCS. We only have two weeks left before playoffs. So keep track of uh, that playoff race. Maybe we'll see Golden there, Glue there too. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Mm -hmm.